Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wild and Theology. My name is Kaylee, and this is my co-host, William. Hello. Today, we are going to be doing an interview with a man named John Robertson. John is a psychedelic explorer, activist, and guide. His work focuses on access, empowerment, and community. And his current mission is to spread the wondrous gift of psychedelics by helping people learn how to use them effectively. John is the creator of the course Revolution, spelled R slash evolution. A deep dive for psychedelic explorers who want to develop, expand, and deepen their practice and make the most of their experiences for reasons of personal growth. You can find his blog at Maps of the Mind. That's mapsofthemind.com. And uh, on Twitter, at Maps of the Mind, all one word. Uh, and the revolution course specifically is at mapsofthemind.com slash r dash evolution. Uh, it was a really fun podcast. Honestly, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Some good laughs in there, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of valuable information. There was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was very... He put you at ease really quickly. Yes. You know what I mean? He did. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what, talking about, like, one-on-ones or group sessions. I think there's group sessions and one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm, yeah. For sure. I think you'll definitely offer a lot of value if you take his course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you'll find out in the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you enjoy. And if you want to follow us, we are at Wild in Theology on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So here's the podcast. Bye. So welcome to Wild and Theology, John. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to take the time and sit down to talk with you both. Mm-hmm. So how we wanted to start this off was uh, talking about your new course in the context of you. And so in our email conversation, you kind of explained that the intent of your course was to help people create a personalized method for approaching psychedelics. And so the question is then, how did this idea for the course emerge from the context of your own life? Mm, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been using psychedelics for uh, 10 years now. This course kind of actually kind of marks the 10th. 10-year anniversary of my first psychedelic experience. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a nice milestone. Yeah, and I've found, I I started engaging more working with other people and sitting and working on retreat more in 2017, so about four years ago now. And through working with other people, I've realized that really there's no there's no one size fits all approach and right. different things work for different people and how I when I work as a guide or work with people how I like to approach it is working with people where at and adjusting the approach based on their worldview and based on based on their personal preferences and that can be anything from their physical preparation you know finding ways to kind of center yourself and relax so for someone that might be going taking a sauna or for someone else it might be going and going and doing some exercise for someone else it might be spending a day in nature um to kind of recenter before entering into journey space and um or it could also be something like creating a ritual which helps to create some kind of context for the experience so for someone who's more 
spiritual, maybe they'll meditate and they'll say a prayer beforehand. Um, but for someone who is perhaps an atheist and they're using psychedelics, not in a spiritual framework, but more in a kind of in a different way, they might have a ritual which is speaking with a loved one, checking base with loved ones, switching their phone off, and reading a meaningful quote, for example. Right. So yeah, I found really that basically kind of developing a personalized approach is the best way because we're all different. And, right. you know, and, and that's, I think that's something that we can celebrate. That's what makes us all interesting, that we are different. Yeah, that'd be kind of a big inspiration for it. And really during, um, during lockdown, when the first lockdown came last year, uh, I took that, I was, I was organizing uh, retreats at the time, and we had two booked actually, uh, when that when COVID kind of swept through and changed everything, and we had to uh, cancel the two that we had booked. And um, I took that time really to then return to my practice, right. and to go deeper into that. And uh, I, I started engaging with psilocybin more. And through that time, I kind of developed my own personalized protocol. So I, I kind of mapped out and made specific routines and rituals of things that I would do a week before a session, clearing things out, clearing things out, like mentally, physically, spiritually, how, how I'm going to approach the session, and then specifically to smaller details on the day and for different people that would that would work differently but i found that to be incredibly useful and incredibly beneficial mm -hmm. and so that's as part of the course there's going to be a kind of a section where i guide people through developing their own personalized protocols and procedures right. so they're able to identify practices that work for them that help them feel centered that help them prepare and that help them integrate their experiences um okay yeah so that's that's really interesting because the one question that comes to mind i guess like when you talk about personalized course like it is very there's so many individual differences like you're talking about spiritual differences and um, how much connected you are to nature, st stuff like that. Is there anything though that you would have like a definite include this? Sure, that's a great question, actually. Yeah. Um, there are some fundamentals really which are going to be covered in the first module, which I think are applicable to everyone. And then the right. kind of the second module, we get more into the personalized aspect. Okay. And really the fundamentals, uh, one of them is uh, some kind of practice or background in mindfulness or meditation some kind of practice that also is then it's not it's also kind of personalized though because it's also about each person finding which mindfulness practice works best for them right. so, so for someone it might be with the body scan or for somebody else it might be through sound you know like connecting to the present moment through listening mm. and through deep listening so, uh, but really, yeah, so there are some core fundamentals, which I believe are applicable. Um, mm. So there's mindfulness, there's resourcing, another type of mindfulness practice, which is kind of identifying inner resources, which help us to feel safe or comfortable or strong. And that might be certain images that we're able to bring to mind, or it might be thinking of certain people, or it might be phrases or 
Um, it could be even just deep breathing, but certain different techniques that are able to help us find a sense of strength or find a kind of avenue to a place of, of feeling centered and being able to handle with whatever's there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and also mindset is there are certain principles in terms of mindset, which I think also incredibly beneficial across the board for anyone who's going to be exploring psychedelics. And those include really um, openness, acceptance, as we were talking about before, recording acceptance and being able to let go, um, curiosity, openness. So also different ways to cultivate a kind of ideal mindset for someone wishing to make the most of their psychedelic journeys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so important too. Like that's being grounded in something. Like one of the things I always heard of, like a, a basic rule in psychedelic journeying is to always have like a plan beforehand. Like if you're, oh, let's do some mushrooms, then we'll figure out what to do. It's like, you're gonna have more likely to have a bad time. Whereas if you're like, okay, we always have this one thing to keep us grounded, even if it's just like, I think the one thing we did one time was uh, Lord of the Rings. And we just like sit down and watch Lord of the Rings if we needed something to ground us with, right? But uh, if you're just kind of lost in the psychedelic space and you don't have that thing, it can be very difficult to not get lost in, you know, the twisting and turning of the psychedelic space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can even be like an, a physical object that people bring into the, the trip that they hold on to. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i think that's a great one yeah that can also be used as something as a, of a of a reminder or um different I've, I've seen it used in different forms i know someone that had something with friends and they had an item that all of them had the same one and they thought if, if it's ever getting too much then you can return to this thing and hold it in your hand and just remember that oh you're safe you're with friends mm -hmm. and um and you're you're tripping so that's why maybe things feel out of control or i had a friend who used to have a a sober note which was a note written down for him to read if he ever felt things got too overwhelming which was just right. like oh hi joe you've taken a lot of drugs this will pass this is temporary um but yeah, it could also be what might be regarded as a power item, you know, something. I, I, I sometimes bring in items with me that are, that are personally meaningful. And I think that's also a, bit, a big part of finding a personalized approach, whether it's a power, uh, whether it's a power item or something else is that it's, it's kind of personal. It's like mm -hmm. something that's personally meaningful to each mm -hmm. of us. Yeah. So, yeah. So we were just wondering, like, who have been your biggest influences on shaping your own personalized approach, as well as the information in the course? Mm, that's a, yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, yeah, it's, I guess, a lot of inspiration for, for my own approach. A lot of it comes actually from mindfulness, meditation training. Mm -hmm. Um because after my first experience, psychedelic experiences, those kind of opened me up to the magic of awareness and of consciousness. And that kind of led me on to meditation, which is also kind of another way of expanding awareness or opening up awareness in mm -hmm. a kind of, albeit in a slower manner, which requires <laughs> a bit more consistency and patience and practice. Mm -hmm. So, 
yeah, a lot of it is informed by my background in that. And also a lot of it actually is inspired by the pioneers of psychedelic therapy. Mm. Um, I typically for a, a, for journeys where I'm looking for kind of personal growth, I will use the typical psychedelic therapy method with the headphones and eye mask, directing attention inwards and listening to a pre-selected playlist of music. Um, also from a lot of the research studies, I've kind of been through papers and learned a lot about what happens um, in those and I draw mm. inspiration from those um, some books of course that I've read over the years uh, Psychedelic Explorer's Guide James Fadiman um, The Secret Chief Revealed by Leo Zeff who was a pioneer in psychedelics psychotherapy in the 50s he's the one who I kind of got the idea for the prayer from and he also introduced me okay. to this idea of having agreements for a session which could also be agreements with yourself um, or if you're in a group session, having agreements between members of the group to yeah. kind of set a safe structure. So what do you mean by an agreement with yourself? Like, can you give an example of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for example, I have an agreement that I'm not going to text anyone. I'm not mm. going to check messages. I'm not going to check email. I'm not going to go online. Uh, or depending on the type of session that I'm doing, it might be I'm not going to leave the apartment. Mm -hmm. um, or it's because some things might seem like a good idea in the moment, but maybe they're not. So it's kind of thinking about that ahead of time, um, or it might feel like, oh, I really need to send a person a message, but that's me in a different frame of mind. And for that to be kind of integrated with my non-psychedelic self, I want to kind of review that afterwards Mm -hmm. and not have this feeling of like oh why did i why did i say that i, I want to like check in with it and formulate it in a way that's actually not going to be like john tripping calling someone up and being like oh i needed to tell you that i love you and my mom's yeah. like what yeah. like yeah yeah we're the we're the same being and i love you <laughs> and it's just yeah. like yeah exactly like yeah we're the same being and i love you and like you know the other person might not be ready to receive that or you might worry them so yeah but yeah basically things like that or it, it, depending on the person it might also be just like an agreement that i'm going to uh, or they, I don't know, they can also have kind of a distinction between agreements, which are kind of fixed rules, which are also be like, I'm not going to break anything, um, for example, because, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, like cell phones are evil or a Tao Lin wrote about it and he threw his laptop out the window and, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with that afterwards. So <laughs> I, I will also have an agreement that I, I'm not going, like I can consider if I still want to do that afterwards, if that's a genuine insight, but it might also yeah. be that I'm not, I'm going to have agreement that there's no violent behavior, um, for example. But then, and then there can also be just guidelines, which are just going to be that I'm going to respect my boundaries and how far I want to push myself in terms of exploration or that, I want to be kind to myself um, and that I can always be kind to myself and whatever arises during the session, I can bring kindness and love to that. So that would be more along the lines of a guideline. And those could also be related back to the intention for a specific mm -hmm. session. And that's also uh, one of the fundamentals um, 
that you asked earlier about what would kind of maybe apply to everyone. I think learning about setting intentions, bringing intentions and formulating them, I think that's also another kind of fundamental that's applicable to anyone working with psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, actually, I had a question. Um, you know, you talk about bringing kindness, and I, I definitely agree with you there, like you should always be kind. But do you think there's space to allow yourself to be angry with yourself? Or do you think that's something that you shouldn't have, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. And you say, to be angry with, I think there's definitely space to allow anger. Yeah, okay. And to, to allow that to come up. And I think in a way, allowing that to come up is in a way being kind to oneself. Because if mm. that's there, it's not repressing it or it's not right. kind of saying oh but i shouldn't be feeling angry or like i i'm gonna just push that down it's kind of like it, it's more like being honest with oneself really mm -hmm. and that i do feel angry about that and this needs expression and that could also be expressed maybe by by if you have like you were talking about having a plan maybe having something soft to hit and that can accommodate an anger release during a session which i think can be entirely um can be very helpful and very beneficial to release some of this trapped energy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of being angry with oneself, I'm not sure that's ever productive or or maybe not not ever that's maybe not the right way to put it because maybe it could be in a, in a larger context. but I would say uh, I'm not sure there's not ever another perhaps better way to handle that. So, yeah, but then there's also the thing of like, if one is one angry, angry with oneself and then one recognizes that afterwards okay. to then not be angry about being angry with oneself, like, and then, being like, <laughs> oh, but I shouldn't have been beating myself up. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> you know, and then catching it at that point and being like, okay, well I did. And that's okay. Cause I'm a human. And like, we do these, like, things happen and I'm not perfect and you know and again yeah coming back to to your episode on meditation it's like there's um another layer to that and then you can notice that in that moment and be like okay well perhaps that wasn't a way that I would like to treat myself and that's maybe not like a way that I'd like to relate to myself but I can let that go now and from here I can give myself and show myself compassion it's you know, as you went through that, like you, you, it was like a, a wave of caveat after caveat, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's a very, it's a, it's a nuanced conversation. And that's the thing. It's like, there's no simple answer to be like, should we always be, should we always be this like super accepting? Or is it like not be, be accepting of the fact that we're not always accepting and be accepting of that, you know? And it's just like, do your best to let go and accept is really all you can do. And if you have to be angry right now, then try to accept that anger while accepting yourself overall. You know, it's, it's difficult. It's just difficult. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really like that idea you have about having agreements with either yourself or other people and like setting up those boundaries before going into the space, because I think a fear that I hear from a lot of people who haven't tried a lot of psychedelics is that they are really afraid of losing control and they're afraid of what could happen or what they're going to do. 
And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you can set those things up before going in and that you're going to be, if you have that foundation laid, like you can come back to that always, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, that, that can help to enter the Mm-hmm. the session or the trip from a more relaxed place mm-hmm. if you know that okay uh, like you say losing control some people are afraid of that they think oh maybe i'm gonna start harming myself or i'm gonna do this and this and i think having these kind of agreements can bring this kind of structure around it and you can think like okay well we've agreed that this isn't going to happen we've agreed mm-hmm. there's going to be no breaking things there's going to be no no none of this and so that can yeah that can really help to like assuage fears and to kind of come to come into the session from more relaxed place and different types of sessions might have different types of agreements so i'll be giving some examples as part of the course some sets of agreements that i use for solo sessions or for group sessions but again the part of the personalized thing i'll be inviting people to kind of make their own versions uh, and for either whatever session they're planning and that'll be based on yeah what makes them feel most safe or how they would like to what kind of structure they would like to have around the session Hmm. yeah because it can be such a meaningful experience that you want to go in into it with a lot of consciousness i guess you know like in our uh, episode how real are psychedelic insights we kind of talked about how if you had a muslim for example going into a, a psychotherapist's office and there was a statue of the buddha that they just put in there to give it a sort of calming atmosphere this muslim might see this buddha and have an experience of meaning with it that they wouldn't necessarily consent to because of their islamic beliefs And so setting that stage based on their own personal beliefs is really important so that they can have these very meaningful experiences that are grounded in who they were before the experience, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, uh, somehow that also relates to me about respecting people from Mm -hmm. like where, where they come from and where they are at. And not trying to, yeah, what, what is their background, you know, and not yeah. not having a kind of fixed notion of, well, this has worked for me, or this is like something I believe in, and therefore everyone needs to be doing it this way, or everyone needs to find meaning in this. And um, yeah, I think also that's kind of ties back into the kind of fundamentals of working with psychedelics and i think respect is there on on different levels respect for other people when you're in in the space with them respecting Mm -hmm. each other's boundaries respect for oneself and also in terms of um how we relate to psychedelics i think respecting them respecting psychedelics respecting their power Mm -hmm. and that then informs the approach of having a more focused approach and understanding that okay these are these are powerful things and i'm gonna i'm gonna treat this with respect and i really think giving that respect comes back and it is rewarded from the psychedelic experiences do you think that treating the psychedelic as a how do i word that question like an entity or an agent so to speak where you're making agreement with the psychedelic as a sort of agreement with this higher power, so to speak. Like, even if you don't necessarily believe it is a higher power, going through that kind of ritualistic setup can be powerful for even an atheist. 
Yeah, I think so. I think there can be great value to that. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And to to kind of imagine it, uh, to kind of, yeah, imagine it or give it the kind of relate to it as if it was a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can be very beneficial, just as in the same way you might, I don't know, like I, for example, I have a, I've given my bicycle a name um (laughs) and so my bike's called ty and it's like that helps me like want to care for it more you know because it's kind of gives it i mean i don't think it has i don't think it has a like an animate being but kind of like i don't know it helps me develop that relationship with it Mm. or to 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 approach it in a different way and i think that can be highly beneficial to do that and also um yeah some people like to talk to the mushroom before mm-hmm. and, and say telling their fears um so i think that can be useful but again i think it's again about kind of acknowledging and acknowledging where one is at and doing what feels right and for example for some people that can feel or might feel a little bit forced or uncomfortable yeah. or maybe if there's someone who thinks like um i'd like i don't know it just doesn't feel right for me then i think um, i think that also comes in psychedelic journey it's also like trusting your feeling like mm. using your feeling as a guide and being like well okay you, you don't need to force it just because you've heard that it has worked for other people is kind of a useful technique doesn't mean you have to use it and like i think it's okay to let go of those shoulds to kind of not have ideas of like oh well this should work or this should be thing but just being again being honest with oneself being like well if this doesn't really resonate with me then i'm not going to kind of force myself to do it but overall that is something like i think is useful to try and if someone finds benefit in that which a lot of people have and a lot of people do then keep it and and use it and use what works for you. Okay. So our next couple of questions are basically going to be from the perspective of like two type of people. And for the first one is the kind of methodical person who's really trying to like plumb the depths of their psyche or the nature of reality and stuff like this. And so the question then is like, when it comes to setting intention, when it comes to creating a ritual, when it comes to going through the experience, how would you have someone who's really like, that's their purpose with use? Like, how would you bring them through that process? Hmm. That's probably going to be easy to answer because that sounds kind of like me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. In terms of, uh, do you, yeah, well, I guess it would start really, it starts for me, I think it starts really with intention. Uh, that's really important to think about why why am i doing this and everything kind of comes from there and then yeah and that's that's kind of connecting to the why and and that can also be very helpful having that there for when challenging moments arise and like one might think well why why am i doing this and then you you can return to that why but i digress but yeah, in, in terms of having a methodical approach, there's many factors, but a, f- a few, for example, one would be kind of thinking in terms of preparation, a big aspect for me is a clearing, which is uh, basically means kind of like clearing space 
in the mind, clearing space in the heart or clearing space in the emotional body. Um, so for example, uh, on the, the mind level, it would be what's taking up space in your mind? What's kind of nagging? Maybe it could be something like, what have you been putting off? Or what's kind of occupying space in there? And what can you do to kind of get it off so that when you enter the session, that's not going to be there nagging? Right. Is there an email that you've been meaning to reply to for a week? You know, like part of my pre-session protocol is getting up to date on all emails, on all messages, so that I don't have any kind of feeling of like I got back to that person it's kind of just like clearing my mind so that on session day I can be as present as possible you know right. and to really be with the experience so yeah and then so that's kind of that that would be a step um, on the emotional body for example a step would be is there things that you kind of are there things unsaid is there anything uncomfortable in any relationships in your life is there anything that's kind of there that's thinking like i would like to say this thing to this person or this needs to be cleared up is there a conversation i need to have clearing that out and to relate this into the kind of meth methodological person mm -hmm. um it would be going through a process which is something we'll be doing in the course going through a process of identifying these deep things that are taking up space mm -hmm. and then making a list of them yeah, having it there and being like, okay, I need to have all of these things done before the session so that they're not on my mind or that I'm not still thinking about them. And there's a level of there's a, there's a level to that because you can't do everything all the time. You know, yeah. that also, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a judgment to be made there of like, okay, do what I can with the resources I have available. But also I think that's also important in terms of preparation, not stressing oneself out not going too mm -hmm. far and being like i need, I need to do something the, the preparation's there to support you and to help you not to stress you out um, yeah so yeah but in terms of being meta can you say the mm -hmm. word for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. i was having trouble with it earlier too yeah. <laughs> it's so funny uh, methodical methodical simple yeah, yeah easy methodical <laughs> um yeah in terms of being methodical so then it's kind of running through that running mm. through that list of stuff yeah. and again that will be different for different people different things bother different people or different things hang on their minds like for i gave the example of the emails and messages that's something that just seems to hang around on my mind if i know there's emails waiting for me to respond to so that's right. part of my method and also for example, I, I always speak with my parents the day before. So that's also part right. of my method. And so I'll kind of run through my checklist. Mm. Um, and then that helps me to, on the session day, to really feel ready. I think that's also an important part of kind of being in that space and that state of being ready and being present. And then also I'll have a kind of set procedure for this the example here i'm giving is kind of for inner journeys um as i mentioned the headphones eye mask right. method but i'll have a set procedure which i will run through on the day and i might vary it depending on on the location or just what i'm feeling for example i'll have a kind of schedule for the day written up which is okay at this time i'm going to have breakfast so that i know that that when it comes to dosing, I'm not going to have food on my stomach. So I don't know that I'm going to wake up. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to have breakfast. 
then then at 10 o'clock i'm going to clear the space or like i'm going to put on the playlist then i'm going to uh, start clearing the space and then i'm going to set up the sound system and then i'm gonna take a break yeah exactly exactly so yeah it'll depend and then i'll have the opening section itself which will be okay then i'm going to take a moment to center and meditate i'm going to say a prayer i'm going to give thanks or say something that i'm grateful for mm -hmm. and then going to state my intention out loud then i'm going to take the dose and then i'm going to put on the headphones and eye mask and i'm going to then stay with the experience as best i can for the next five hours and i'm not going to i'm going to abide by those agreements that i've had i'm not going to look at the phone i'm not going to go online i'm just going to keep my attention directed inwards until the playlist i've chosen has ended for five hours later and then that's the first kind of marking or closing of the session and then when the playlist ends i will maybe uh, ring a bell or do something just symbolic okay. to mark it I'll give thanks again, a, a moment to practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I might blow out the candle or something like that. So, yeah. So it, it, it is it is very ritualistic. Like there's a clear process and you know that process every single time. And it's like you're you're grounding yourself in this process so that your mind is fully prepared for this experience that could be extremely profound or intense. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I find rituals, or some people may prefer to use the word routine or program, because mm. as I've said, it might be, uh, some people have religious or spiritual connotations with that, but it, it may be something completely stripped of those kind of aspects. And it might be like, okay, right. I'm going to go for a walk in the morning, and then I'm going to listen to this song, and then I'm going to call my wife. And then I'm going to go offline and then I'm going to start the playlist and then I'm going to take the dose and then I'm going to go through this. Right. Um, but I find these kind of rituals help to focus the mind and bring one into the present yeah. moment. And there's, I think there's many different reasons for that. But I think also there's this, it kind of takes away the, the part of the mind that can be like, oh, what, what am I doing next? Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. oh, what do I need to do now? It's like, I, I've, you've already thought of all of this stuff. You've mm -hmm. already kind of carefully prepared and you're like, okay, I'm just, all I need to do is follow these steps. Yeah. And that in some way allows one to be more present whilst going through them because you just, you're kind of just going through this process. Yeah. And um, Kaylee and I actually had this conversation just before the Zoom meeting where we were saying once you've made that decision and there's no room for another decision, it's just easy. It's that hundred percent commitment mm -hmm. is far easier than 99% commitment. You know, it's like once you've decided, once you have that path to go forward, it's almost easy. You just follow the steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The kind of clearing preparation part that you talked about at the beginning of the methodical approach. I think that's, that's really interesting. I was thinking about how it could be, how that could be different depending on what your intention is going into. Cause like the example you used was plumbing the depths of your consciousness or like questioning the nature of reality. Obviously you want to clear as much space for that. And you're not, you might not get there if you're, if there's any like clutter in your mind, like emails and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
or your relational issues. But if you're going into it as more f- with more of an emotional intention for like emotional catharsis, you might prepare differently. Well, that, that's what I've noticed about like you're very careful with the, the language that you use because you don't want to say it's always a ritual or it's sometimes a routine or a program because you don't want anybody to get stuck in a, in a certain way of thinking about it that might not be authentic to them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's kind of coming back to respecting people's differences, yeah. um, meeting them where they're at. And yeah, I think sometimes often we misunderstand each other when we're just using different words for the same thing. And then it can be helpful to have a bit of flexibility with with the type of words we use and to and you know because we all have different associations tied in with different words and if someone came from a very religious background that they now don't feel very comfortable with and you are using words that have associations to that then that can yeah maybe bring things up when it would just be easier to say okay protocol or program or something so yeah, I completely agree. Like I, um, I was raised Christian and became an atheist. And I, I remember listening to a, a, an audio program or something like that. And they mentioned God and I like immediately turned it off. I was like, I don't want to listen to this thing. Right. And it's like, I'd become so reactionary to that, that I was like, I'm not going to listen to anything that even mentions God. Right. And so it's like, it's part of the process of just kind of becoming your own person. And so it's okay if that happens. But at the same time, it's like that could be the thing that stops somebody from uh, a really important experience that they can benefit from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a a great point. And that's the thing, like, we don't want to stop people from being able to, um, of having those experiences and a kind of a, a guiding kind of principle that I'm trying to to kind of use as a kind of north star in my work is also access yeah. and making it accessible for as many people as possible um, because it, it's my belief that many people can stand to benefit from a careful use of psychedelics and yeah. I don't want to close doors for people that otherwise could receive tremendous benefit from them and if someone has a lot of things like oh well, that's a spiritual thing or that's a woo thing or whatever that's a this thing and then that puts them off it i i really want to kind of be like well no you can approach it from whatever angle works best for you um, mm-hmm. and you can find an approach that works for you i think that's important okay so i guess in in contrast to this method methodical approach for me personally like one of the biggest emphasis i i have is on surrender and just like being really really open to the experience and whatever it has to show me so i i don't really do a lot of the the method the methodical ways methodical ways you know i like and like i I respect the substance and i I see them as very powerful but i'm i'm kind of just open to exploring that space and wherever it takes me and in contrast to what you guys were saying about like, oh, you just, you, you have your schedule, you set it up and then that like frees you to just, to just not have those questions. I find I am more present if I don't have anything. And I'm just like, it's like, I don't know what music I'm going to want to listen to when I'm there. I don't know where I'm going to want to go. If I'm going to want to go outside, if I'm going to want to stay inside. When I just have the intention to just surrender, 
I'm just free and I'm like I'm so present and I'm just questioning like where what do I want right now what am I like moving towards and then in that way it just unfolds very naturally so I mean it's quite different but um yeah, yeah. what's your perspective on like using these tools to facilitate just kind of experiential exploration and without as much um, methods while still respecting the power of them. Hmm. Yeah, that is a, that is a harder question for me to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. I mean, that's also what I love having these conversations because being exposed to people with different approach, and this is the thing, there are differences. And like you say, for example, that can help you feel freer whereas perhaps will and i a methodical approach helps us to feel more free mm-hmm. so that's absolutely important and like you know i can't say that like again it's like it's not like other method this highly structured methodical approach works for everyone and it's like for some people checklists stress them out you know or having such like a rigid structure feels like being in a cage or something um, for some people so i think there's a like you mentioned what kind of whilst also still respecting that Mm -hmm. the power of them i think there are different ways to go about it and depending on for example i gave the example of being highly methodical like and having like certain times and doing certain things in order for example that could be loosened to to having like a list of things that kind of would be helpful to have done or that you could feel to have done but they don't need to be done in that specific order mm-hmm. or that can be glanced at and said okay yeah I, I still need to do this or to do that or in terms of a session itself maybe you're not going to have this specific order that I've said but you might have uh, something I call like menus which mm-hmm. is like a list of things that or it could be music for example that you think you might want to listen to and then in the session itself look at the menu and be like where where does my feeling want to go with these would i like to would i like to explore this video that i thought might be interesting to watch it's about Mm -hmm. like the cosmos or something or would i like to explore creativity and i've got my pens and papers over there ready um i do think a a kind of a a little level of logistical preparation helps because if you're tripping really high and like then you decide like oh yeah i would actually love to like be creative and like maybe do some drawing or some writing i think it can be useful to kind of know where that is or like Mm -hmm. have it kind of beforehand but then yeah um yeah i've learned that through experience (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, because that can take a long time and no that yeah that can just be distracting if you're because you you know you have a creative impulse and it would be nice if you just had like i know i like to bring like a sketchbook in with me or have it on hand because that's um yeah if you have that impulse you just want to be able to go for it and not like have to then be like oh i have to go look for that thing and that just takes you out of exactly yeah and then you're rummaging around or you Mm -hmm. walk into another room to find it and then you when you've walked into that room you think what was i doing again yeah and then (laughs) walk back into the room and then you oh yeah that was it i wanted to draw the i wanted to draw that that. and then you go back mm-hmm. and you finally find it uh, uh, yeah um so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh yeah and you you can lose valuable time from the session <laughs> yeah. um mm-hmm. so yeah i think yeah you c- can have a more 
relaxed approach or i don't know for example mm-hmm. like you said if you don't know if you want to be inside or outside um something that can, could be useful is um packing a bag before mm-hmm. and, and leaving yeah. it by the door mm-hmm. um i've done that before and then it's kind of it's not like oh i want to go outside and then oh what do i need and then again this back and forth of like oh do i need this do i need that i don't know about you but mm-hmm. i find it can be hard to make decisions especially practical yeah. ones like thinking about that beforehand might be helpful i like the idea of a, a psychedelic oh. menu <laughs> yeah i think that, that, that can be um very helpful because mm-hmm. you've also got some things that are kind of yeah it's like i kind of think of it as like trip sitting for yourself in advance mm-hmm. it's like you're thinking of your tripping self beforehand and like oh what what might tripping kaylee like to do well she might like to like watch this video or she might like to do some drawing and like okay well i'll, I'll just make a list from here and then she can easily glance at it so they're kind of nice neatly in, in one place mm-hmm I, I was just going to say, like, I remember my last trip, I was talking to my roommates. This was like, I think six hours after taking them. So it was quite a bit after. And I was like, I felt mostly down and I'm just cooking some food. And it took me the longest time to cook the food because I'd be like talking to him, then go do something and forget what I was doing in the middle of it and then get caught up. And it was like, it took me like 30 minutes to cook something that should have taken five. Like it was just so ridiculous. And so if like you're in the experience it's going to be very difficult mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that, and if you're in the experience those 30 minutes might seem like five hours yeah that's actually uh that's you mentioned that that's actually something that's part of my pre-session protocol is to have food ready for afterwards because <laughs> i've encountered that exact same thing where yeah. um so normally i'll cook like a stew or a curry something that's easy to heat up and then it's just there ready for after. And then when the session finishes, it's like, okay, I can just like turn on the hob or switch on the oven, set a timer. Mm-hmm. When that ends, it's going to be ready. And then I've got some nice hot food ready to go. Um, but yeah, but some people also like cooking. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's like, again, what, what, whatever works for you. And, yeah. and I think that also that kind of thing is developed over time like one can learn how much structure or flexibility they like Mm. over time so you might try a a slightly more structured approach one time and just to see how that goes or somebody else might try one with a little bit more flexibility and uh, those lessons can be incorporated uh, and and that can help also like i think a what can be really helpful in kind of developing that personalized approach, which happens over time, is kind of doing reviews afterwards um, and thinking, okay, what what went well here? What worked for me? What did I enjoy about this session? How I approached it? And how could it have maybe gone better? Um, or is there anything else that I might like to incorporate next time? Um, so I think it's, yeah, I think it's really refined through a process of trial and error. And it's not just, uh, it's not just, uh, okay, I've, I've made this one thing now and I'm just going to stick to that. We can always adjust. And I think what works for us will change over the years also, depending mm-hmm. where we're at on our journey and what we would like to explore. So, yeah. So, um, what does integration look like for you? And how could how could a person know when they're ready for the next trip sorry you said how can someone know when they're ready for the next trip yeah 
Uh, yeah. So like, what does, like, what does integration after a trip look like and how does that kind of lead into feeling ready for your next trip? Yeah, I think integration, a large part of it for me is processing for one, mm-hmm. um, processing, also revisiting and remembering and kind of reviewing and, and that can be done in different methods. I mean, for example, I, yeah, it does depend on the type of session I'm doing, if it's creative. So for the sake of example, I'll, I'll continue to use the kind of inner journey method. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, for that, the day after, I will re-listen to the music that I listened to mm-hmm. during the session itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps to kind of bring the experience back and to revisit it. So, But, mm-hmm. I'll, but this time I won't have the eye mask on, I'll have uh, my pad and my journal and I'll, right. I'll write up an outline of the experience and kind of, and then from there with the outline, it's a process of kind of identifying key themes or key insights that I mm-hmm. may want to integrate. And then it's kind of, and then it kind of goes into more of a personal growth thing of what would a successful integration of this experience look like? What, what would it mean to me if this was successfully integrated? What do I need to do into my, in my life to kind of make those changes happen? Identifying obstacles mm-hmm. to that and thinking, okay, where could I trip up here? And like, what will help me overcome those obstacles that might be seeking help from a certain seeking support from somebody or seeking accountability it might be signing up for something if if um if i have the insight for example that i really need to take care of my health more it might be signing up it might be something as simple and practical as like signing up to a class at the gym or if it's like something like i really want to develop my meditation practice this is really important for my mental health that might be thinking okay well i want to book a meditation retreat and then it kind of gets more into the kind of nitty-gritty aspects of like how it's actually going to happen and what that's actually going to look like yeah so that's one thing or for example it might be you could also be to go back to kind of the revisiting there there are other ways it could be a type of meditation where you you kind of mentally go through the senses the what what i bring back to mind what i saw and what i felt and what i smelled and kind of touching back to the experience Mm -hmm. through through this kind of mindfulness or meditative exercise and uh yeah so that's kind of what integration looks like for me and it would yeah, it would depend on I've waffled on that. I've forgotten the second part to your question. Oh, it's okay. Um the second part was what might it look like to f- to 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 feel like you're ready for another trip? Like what are kind of like the the tells that you're ready? Yeah, that's also you guys have got some good questions. Um <laughs> yeah, I also think that's a good question. And that's one, yeah, that I'm not sure. There's like also a, a, a right answer. Different people have mm. different approaches. Um, mm. I mean, in some some cultures or churches that use psychedelics, for example, they just do them on a cycle, regardless of feeling yeah. readiness. They, they might do them monthly. They might do them weekly uh, to, with their community. They might do them based on the moon cycles, um, which I think is, I think it's interesting because that, it's very different from what a lot of people in the kind of modern movement yeah. or in Western society is saying about like 
you shouldn't be taking them too often or you should only be uh, doing it once a year or something and you should be very careful of overuse because it's, it's just a totally different approach. Um, some people say you'll know when you're ready, which I think is true for some people, mm. um, that, that just like you'll just know. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I would say... It's a, it's a bit of a broken record, but just, I would say it depends on the person. Yeah. Again, really. Um, but yeah, in general, I think if if you feel blocked in some way, mm-hmm. if you feel blocked in some area of your life, personally for me, when I feel kind of blocked somewhere, yeah. then that's when I start thinking that mm, I could do with the session to kind of move some energy or to get some perspective or to come back to my to center i feel like that's very much like kaylee's method yeah definitely yeah yeah i'm I'm more like the <laughs> okay i plan to do it at this time so i'll yeah. do it at this time whereas you're yeah. more like you know what i feel like i need to get rid of some blockage like there's yeah. something i need to deal with you know so yeah like i i love to do them during transitional phases in my life where i feel like things are changing and i want to like ground myself in that or like fully embrace that change and because trips usually change a lot for me too so it like it it helps facilitate that um but yeah you definitely go in with like oh i I have like a question or like an idea that i want to explore so Mm. like let's go in with that yeah Mm -hmm. exactly it's cool um but i guess a question that comes up then like when isn't somebody ready Mm -hmm. Mm. that's yeah yeah yeah, this is it's a it's a hotly debated thing <laughs> mm-hmm. about like when is the time and when it's not because it's also very interesting. You saying, Katie, like you like to do it when you're in transitional period, mm-hmm. and a lot of people say you should only do it when you're in a very stable, mm-hmm. like when your life conditions are very stable and like things aren't mm-hmm. changing around, and you should only take them when you're in a good place and or something. And you know, I've also had it. And I've heard that also in terms of a lot of people saying that you should not do them if you don't feel well. Um, And I can understand that, but it's tricky because, I mean, based on my own experience, I found some of my most helpful trips to be when I have been going through a very difficult time and I've turned to psychedelics for some help or to give me Mm -hmm. some perspective on the situation or the challenging time that I'm going through. And they have been very helpful. Um, Not necessarily that those experiences were the most joyful, but overall I feel um, incredibly grateful to have been able to to have that experience and to gain those perspectives. Um, Mm. One thing I would say though, in terms of like, taking them when one is going through a difficult chapter I th- that's why i think having some kind of background in mindfulness can help yeah. because maybe when those kind of those difficult things or what you're going through is magnified or is brought more to the surface which can help to process them and get perspective on them or to, to release that kind of energy that's when that background in mindfulness can help because there's that kind of detachment from those thoughts and feelings and there's an ability to recognize that that's okay this is not me maybe this is a difficult experience but the this this sadness i'm feeling or this struggle that is not me this is just something that i'm able to observe so yeah and in in terms of someone 
not being ready i don't know yeah yeah outside of that i don't know um what do you what do you guys think yeah i guess it would just be like i don't know what are some of the negative motivations that could make people want to trip to like i don't know sometimes you could like put it like oh psychedelics are going to help me in this way but maybe that's not the work that you need to do at the moment i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah it, it really comes back to like the, just the, the wave of caveats that it's just like, mm-hmm. it's up to the individual person to really mm-hmm. know. And it, it takes a lot of self-honesty to be able to say like, I'm using these in an unhealthy way, you know? And it's kind of like, I feel like that's why a course like this is so important is because like, it kind of gives you the, 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 the meta skills of being able to create an approach and create agreements for yourself and to create a space for yourself where it's like, I know what I'm doing and I know why I'm doing it. And so I'm so much more likely to use them in a, in a healthy way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, well, yeah, actually it came to mind now, yeah, about you saying about why I'm doing them. I think not being ready, I guess, if you're not able to say why, if you're not able to like say why why are you doing this and to be able to be honest with that and to feel good about your answer. If someone asks you why are you doing it and and you're not able to say why and to be comfortable with your why, I would say that's probably a sign that you're not ready. If you're looking for a, a quick fix, I think that might be, you also mentioned about like a, a, have a negative way or negative reasons to approach it. I think if someone were, is kind of just looking for a quick escape, out of a difficult life situation i think that that could also be a telltale sign and one other thing that came to mind actually that i forgot um is if someone doesn't have any kind of support systems around them um and that's also something we'll cover in the course is like if something comes up and you you have to deal with something in the aftermath do you have anyone that you can contact is there anyone that you're able to talk to and not necessarily is going to be a therapist uh, that can be very helpful depending on again depending on the person it could also be just a good friend you know mm-hmm. that's able to hear you and is able to listen to you or maybe a family member but someone that you can lean on if needed because psychedelics can 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 bring things up and that that might be slightly destabilizing after an experience so being able to have the support that you're able to lean on and having that kind of identified in place before so you know that okay if if i if i need someone to talk to afterwards or you know yeah if there's total lack of support systems or uh, i think there's one a kind of a good question a way of kind of thinking of that is like if you had to show up on somebody's house in the middle of the night who would it be yeah um or if you, if you were in serious trouble or crisis who would you go to um and if you're not able to say anyone and that you're totally alone then you might consider about your approach to taking psychedelics and mm-hmm. how, how you're going to go about that yeah and, and that's a really difficult one is that someone in that situation, 
they may be dealing with with depression or anxiety or something like this where psychedelic might be the thing that can help them get past the blockage to find that support system but at that point it's just like it it becomes too personally i would err on the the side of caution to be like it's better to try to find a mental health professional and have that person help you through whatever you need to get through so that you can begin using them in a healthy place where you have that support system yeah absolutely you're right and yeah that is a it's a good point because that's yeah that's the tricky thing like there are some of the people who could could potentially benefit a lot from psychedelic experiences people perhaps in situations who who aren't really able to do them um or don't really have the means or the structures around them to be able to confidently or safely use them and and that's really i guess a kind of a wider issue in terms of our our mental health systems that we have in operation Mm. and access to mental health care and that's something that is changing now which is great to see and with psychedelics um and but uh, yeah it's it's a tricky situation that we're in now it's it's a good point and i just yeah i hope we're moving in the right direction and that more people will be able to access but that kind of leads us into our last question for you which uh what do you think about when you think of psychedelic legality like what does that look like for you Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's um yeah well i think i think prohibition or illegal uh, making psychedelics illegal well firstly it doesn't work because people are (laughs) taking them anyway as as with all drugs so outlawing them can actually make them more dangerous because we don't know there there's no kind of regulation around their supply there's no there's no safety there's no guarantee you know there's been cases where people have thought they're taking lsd and it's been something else so yeah i think honestly i think long term i'm a believer in full legalization mm-hmm. however I uh, and and for me really that's comes down to cognitive liberty and for each individual being able to have sovereign control over his or her or their own consciousness and being able to yeah it comes down to a matter of freedom that said I feel like we have to go through a transition period I don't think it would be a good idea to just make all psychedelics legal tomorrow Um, because i think there needs to be a foundation of education before it's just everyone is allowed to take them um so i think it would be helpful yeah for but i think there's kind of passage that we need to go through and that might be going through decriminalization first really a lot of education like teaching people what are the risks what are the potential harms and and how to mitigate them or to minimize them, um, harm reduction, and also then how to use them more effectively and how to mm-hmm. receive most benefit from them. And yeah, I think that's kind of needs to be done over a passage of time before yeah. we get there to kind of yeah, kind of as a as a stepping stone. 
but yeah and that might be also I, i'm not sure exactly how that would look um to be honest uh but that i've heard different ideas and you know one for example is that i've heard is uh giving people kind of licenses mm-hmm. to buy or to use psychedelics and to gain a license uh, just as you do to kind of be able to drive a car you have to show that you know how to do it responsibly so you have to pass a test you have to take Mm. a theory test and say okay i understand like this and that and i can show that i can actually do it Um, and then you get the license and then you're allowed to take a car out on the road Mm. Um, so that's one idea that i heard that i think is kind of interesting and and could possibly work so that people who have shown to be of in the right circumstances and to have a certain minimum level of education are allowed to use psychedelics so yeah and yeah i I think that's where i've also heard also people saying against that saying like that makes them seem more dangerous than they are yeah i I was just gonna say like you know you you've you've said multiple times that they're a powerful tool and i completely agree and it's like a, a car is a powerful tool as well and it's like I understand that a lot of things can go wrong with licensing, but at the same time, it's like there needs to be some sort of educational process to use these things in a way that's like going to help people, but also keep them legal because it could be, like you said, like uh, there could be a reaction to any things that go wrong where someone does something horrible to themselves or another person and then just like gets locked down through endless debates and people being fear-mongering, essentially. And so we need to be careful that that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing that I think is interesting, though, um, also is that psilocybin truffles are Mm. legal, fully legal in the Netherlands. You can walk into a shop and buy them, and anyone can do that. And seems to be okay you know? yeah. um yeah. and there are drugs that are legal that have greater potential for harm or cause more deaths um True. but that said i do i am a great believer in education mm-hmm. and i i really think it should be incorporated into school into what people learn at school and i yeah. think it, it mm-hmm. uh you also mentioned about meditation like why is it not uh, taught in schools and i also think that you know i think yeah. there's so many things missing from education that would be so beneficial um that and i i think a huge reformation of the education systems we have in the west would be really beneficial like uh, that are more related to being a human like how do i deal with emotions that come yeah. up how do i navigate relationships mm-hmm. um and this can be through all kinds of different practices and exercises including mm-hmm. meditation and there should uh, i absolutely think there should be drug education because people do use them and like i didn't receive any of this stuff in school and i just think it would have been so helpful for me I mean, I started learning it in my 20s and like, I just think how, how helpful it'd been if I'd had even some background in some mm. of those skills as I coming into the world. Well, one thing that I find to be absolutely horrifying is that I'd never learned any kind of parent, parental skills at all in high school. 
And that's such like an important thing to like raise a human child. And it's like, you don't learn anything like that. At least I didn't in school. And that's like, you could really screw up a kid if you don't know like even basic things, you know? Yeah. And like the whole conversation we've just had is all about how no one size fits all and how long it can take and how much trial and error there is in finding your own personalized approach, not only to psychedelics, but to life in general and your own practices and what works for you. And it's like, if, if we could just start that a little sooner <laughs> than like when in our twenties where most of us kind of start self-development. And then by that point, you're already like in a lot of maybe unhealthy habits and stuff. Yeah. There's definitely a better way than it's currently being done. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So as we come to the end of the podcast, is there any closing remarks you'd like to make? Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's been a real on. pleasure speaking mm -hmm. with you both. I really enjoyed the conversation and uh, yeah, thank you both and keep up the good work. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a fun conversation. A lot of laughs. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like this has been very valuable, all of the stuff that mm. we've talked about. Yeah. So uh, where can people find you on social media and the internet? Sure. Um, primarily, I blog at Maps of the Mind, uh, mapsofthemind.com. Um, I haven't been blogging so much recently. I've been preparing the course, so I've been yeah. working on that. <laughs> um, but generally, I'm blogging about psychedelics on there, and I'm on Twitter at Maps of the Mind. I'm down to one social media account <laughs> <laughs> but i do enjoy yeah. twitter so mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah but th yeah those are the places people can find me cool okay thanks again and uh we hope to be seeing you sometime in the future yeah i would love to connect with both of you again and uh thanks again so yeah that was the podcast we uh hope you had a good time some fun yeah and that you've taken some practical lessons from this and that you maybe want to reach out and do his course as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>